This week's episode of The Great Equalizer is sponsored by Litley's Nanny Agency. One less thing for mom to worry about. Litley's Nanny Agency specializes in the professional placement of full-time nannies in Johannesburg. This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This weekend, the great equalizer, Sam Paul's child services on our ass. Charlene takes stock of what's important. And we talk about who you leave your child with when they're not with you. Hello Charlene. How's it Sam? And how are you? What's up? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. It was a busy, crazy week. It's nice to be here chatting to you again. This is like my little escape. Even though we do talk about reality, I always, always look forward to our little chats. Yes. <laughs> I get to vent. Yes, it's actually offload. our mommy downtime. Mm. It's, you know, we, we make sure we get it done. And also, I think it's part of, part of what we do for us. Uh, although, uh, I suppose, I didn't realize when we started this that it would turn into that. But no. it's become that for me. It's yeah. really like, oh, I'm so looking forward to our chat because I just want to do this for me. <laughs> So listen, um, I'm very curious, and I, and I actually should have mentioned this at uh, our maintenance night recording, um, I'm very much of a prude. <laughs> Would you have guessed? I don't know. I've learned that you cannot judge a book by its cover when, <laughs> it, when it comes to stuff like that. I, yeah, I can't even watch a Game of Thrones sex scenes without putting the uh, blanket over my head and asking Ray to tell me when it's over. <laughs> Are you serious? No, I'm dead serious. That's so crazy. Yeah. I think maybe when I was younger, I used to be like that. But I, after our maintenance night discussion, I realized that I'm, I may be a little bit too out there. I think I've gone from one extreme <laughs> to the other. So uh, while we are out there, how... Um, in the mood, did you feel? Did you did you make maintenance night that night? Because I'll tell you, you didn't. I didn't. Uh, you know what I did? I put out a you know an Instagram notice to say what we were doing that day, and um, I was sitting next to Ray in the bed while I was working on my Instagram story, and I just I felt too bad for it not to be maintenance. She's <laughs> like, I can't be talking about maintenance, maintenance night and not doing something not about do- it. So yeah, has it been working? Um. Yes. Good. It has been working. It's really not always that easy. No. And it sounds terrible to call it a chore. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose it depends on how you how you view it. But but sometimes you just do. I mean, as we discussed. So if you haven't yet listened to uh, the Maintenance Night episode, please go back and have a listen. It's good stuff. <laughs> um uh this week let's move on how have you been what's been happening uh are you kicking ass or are you getting your ass kicked i'm getting my ass kicked again i was so looking forward to saying that this week i'm kicking ass but i had such a rough emotionally draining week i think that's why also maintenance night was just I discussed it with Rhett the day we recorded it and he was like that's quite an interesting theory and then I think we both had set out to do it and then life happened 
as it does. So I'm like currently the poster child for what maintenance night should not, not be. Okay, that's fine. Keep trying. It's a constant it's a constant decision that you've got to make, surely. Yeah, I had a bit of a rough week. Um, things are always hectic in our life. But in our lives, but um, a close friend had a very traumatic uh, birthing experience. She had to go in um, for an emergency C-section, and there was a lot of complications. And she uh, almost didn't make it. And so, baby's in ICU. She's only just today been released from ICU. So I think that's really mm-hmm. consumed my my life, and I think also my family life at home because we're close friends with them. My husband's friends with her husband, and. Our kids are friends and um, we, we're a big group of friends and I just realize how it's impacted on all of us as a group. And that's all, that was like the topic of conversation throughout last week. And how, I mean, because our anniversary, our wedding anniversary, we didn't even get a chance to celebrate it. You didn't get a chance to... Um do your first dance for Josh. We didn't. I watched the video and I showed Josh the video. And um, I'm, I'm going to do the dance still. We, we'll we do it in the next week or so. Mm. We just wanted to get off the back of this. Of course. It's tough. tough. And you, I also felt, I won't say guilty. I just, I didn't really. And it's sad because you have to give your marriage, you have to give it the, the recognition it deserves because... Strangely enough, we've only been married four years and we are one of the only couples in our group of friends who are still married. So, no. yeah, we've got very few, like some of the couples that have gotten married around about the same time that we did just before us or just after us, they're already divorced or on the brink of divorce. So, um, yeah, for me, I believe we have to celebrate our marriage and our anniversaries. And just with this emotional week I said to Rhett that I I don't know you better be prepared buddy because if this friend does not pull through then I'm going it, it is going to devastate me to my very core you're no, gonna you're gonna have yeah. to pick up the pieces here because I'm falling apart but look she's just I mean, fine she's out of the woods yeah she's out of the woods baby's okay they're getting stronger gradually and I think also what well, I think I feel like I'm getting my ass kicked is just because that has consumed me so much emotionally that I feel like I haven't been focusing on my own kids and my own family and the things that are important. And then that damn mom guilt kicks in again. And yeah. I'm like, you're not being a good enough mother. And look at how almost how your friend almost lost her life. And you need to be appreciating every moment more. And so I find myself trying to take stock of my life and because you know how quickly life can be snapped away from you I keep thinking am I living my best life am I making my days count you know and then I find myself falling into this big pit of just judging myself too hard and I know I always preach to you like don't be so hard on yourself don't be so hard on yourself (laughs) so I'm finding myself being too hard on myself this week okay at least you're recognizing it so that's yeah. Well done. Did something. <laughs> Good job for. I think you might be kicking ass under the circumstances. Your friend almost died. I know it's rough. And that's. I mean, guys, my news um, pales in comparison. Sorry, didn't mean to upset I should have gone there. first. You I should have gone, gone first, man. Um, I mean, so uh, our thoughts and prayers are with your friend. Um, you know. And we keep us updated. Let us know 
Oh, well. I think I also just, just to add, I think for moms out there also as you, I mean, it's your second child, so it's a completely different experience. There was no reason for her to expect that anything was going to go wrong or whatever. So at the risk of scaring you, Sam, who, mm-hmm. who still has to go through the second child, you don't um, realize to what degree your second pregnancy can be different. And there's just mm-hmm. no... There's just no telling, and just because the first one was seamless doesn't mean that the second one is going to also be, or vice versa, you know, you might have two difficult ones. There's no way of telling, but I think just also for moms out there to understand that there are no predictions. There's just no way of knowing. All you can do is just, like, look after yourself as best you can and hope for the best Mm. and live in faith and just live in faith is the big thing it's letting go over that control that we spoke about in um the lowering lowering your expectations episode it's it's just there's some things you just got to give in that you can't control and that's for the small things but also for the big things Mm. and i think that's the the big takeaway from this week with you yeah and everybody's battling their own like struggle you know everybody's Mm. battling their their own own little hurt or heartache or whatever so and that also like just we've got to be kind to one another yeah, i was just gonna say that you don't know you don't know what battles they're, yeah. they're facing so guys think twice before you hoot at that person in traffic <laughs> uh their spouse might be in hospital mm. you know okay let me veer away from the dread talk let's hear it um, so you all can have a little bit of a laugh at me and my mom guilt moment. <laughs> I would say, I think in comparison, I think I'm, I'm kicking ass. Yay. Yeah, I think so. I like hearing that because I don't often hear you admit that. So kudos. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I, I mean, there's no specific win that I'm having. Um, it's okay. It doesn't but have to be. Elijah's been a pleasure and Ray and I are just really enjoying this stage with him and accepting a lot of things that we never did. And I think we're coming down from the rush and trauma of his birth and ex- and being thrown into newbornness. Um, you know, I haven't spoken on the show about his birth and maybe one day I will. I hope to share that with our listeners. Um, but it was traumatic and um, sure, 20 months down the line, he's almost two. But I think now we're like, he's going to be okay. Look at him. He's wonderful. Yeah. And we're just kind of, well, at least I feel pulling ourselves towards ourselves and, and starting to learn to enjoy it. Mm. Um, but I did have a bit of a fail and... Um, the mom guilt just overwhelms me. <laughs> I were, Ray was working on Sunday night, and um, now for the listeners' sake, that it's, we're recording this on what are we? We're Wednesday. We're in Wednesday. Um, so Sunday night, Ray was working, and I had to bath Elijah. Ray, Ray normally does that while I clear up in the kitchen and whatever. So I haven't bathed him for a while, but. Oh, we were enjoying each other and um, he was having a great time in the bath and I was washing him and um, oh, we're a very lovable family, you know, we, and we rough house with Elijah all the time and he just, his little naked bums were there. They're so cute. They're so cute. Baby butts are the best. They're the best. And 
he does he's got like his dad's little non-existent bump so it's not even like chubby in the least it's just this tiny oh man it's cute <laughs> more Elijah's than Ray's <laughs> yeah please just specify no, uh, Elijah's bums are cute so um and I just got overwhelmed with this and I was I was holding his bum because I was washing it and I just tapped him a little bit too hard <laughs> and it came out like he was wet you know so it came out as a smack and it was like an audible smack oh, and this kid looked at me oh, with this deep sense of utter betrayal how could you do that to me mom and when he realized and then i said no 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 i'm i'm sorry my love then he started crying because he realized that it was a mistake but that it's something he could cry at yes exactly he was gonna milk it yeah and he did and i felt so bad (laughs) so bad so guys feel free to call childline (laughs) i get it i was wrong Wait until you have to whack him on that bum when he's really when naughty. Really You'll naughty. feel even. The first time I smacked Josh, I felt like the worst parent in the world. So it's okay to feel that way. It's normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's already for, forgotten about he it. He doesn't even know. Exactly. He doesn't even know. But I must say, as well, that followed a, a little bout of like shameless discipline. Not really discipline, but just I had to do what I had to do. I was running the bath, he was in the bathroom. It was a little bit too quiet. I was just quickly pouring his bottle, ran back into the bathroom, and he was like giggling. Turn to see where is this child? No, he's in the toilet with his dummy and his dummy clip, dunking his dummy into the toilet with the clip, which is like a fabric clip, and laughing because this is so fun and putting it in his mouth. And I went, I have to let him know that this is serious. So I screamed. I went, no, mommy does not like that. You mustn't do that. That is no, 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 Elijah, no. And he doesn't respond when I do that. He just looks at me with a smug asshole face. (laughs) And um, he only started crying like blue murder when I took his dummy from him. I said, this is not good now. You cannot put this in your mouth, okay? And he just bawled his eyes out. Why are you so my dummy? Why, yeah. And I replaced his dummy. But then, not five minutes later, we're in the bath. And I'm appreciating his cute bum and <laughs> smacked him a little bit too hard. Yes. So maybe he thought you were still in trouble. He did, I think. Oh, shit. He was just like, but I thought we got over this, mom. Yeah, like, why am I getting a smack now? Yeah. So, sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Well, my little Jess, yeah. if she's naughty, I, and I say, no, 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 don't do that, Jess, no, no, no. She starts cackling, laughing, like from, <laughs> from her, t- her gut. She laughs like a drain. It's hilarious when mommy says, no, 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 no. So it's become a game now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and I mean, when does, I don't know. We, I think maybe I'm going to write it down. That's what I'm going to do. We need to talk discipline, don't you think? I think so. I'm terrible at discipline. That's definitely a topic because I have been having meltdown tantrums with Josh at the moment. He's heading towards the three-year mark Mm. and he is at a difficult stage to the point where I think I'm going to have to talk to a behavioral psychologist or something because I don't think his tantrums are normal. I'm concerned. But that's a topic for a whole other day. We can do that. Are you sure, though? Are you sure it's not normal? I don't know that banging your head against a wall because you're so upset with your mom for saying that you can't go home with your grandparents is like a reasonable reaction. Mm, 
Okay. To a degree where you cannot pull him out from that state of of unhappiness. Where like no amount of okay, my love, calm down, come here, let mommy show you. You cannot reason with him. Mm. So yeah, I'm concerned. Okay. Okay. We can we'll look into that. I wanna I have an expert in mind that maybe we can chat to because we are not experts and we yeah. don't know what the hell we're doing. And everybody says toddler tantrums are normal because they, they don't know how to self regulate yet and they don't know how to deal with their um emotions and that kind of thing. So I I don't know. Maybe it is normal, but when he hurts himself like that, I don't. And you, nothing, nothing you do snaps him out of that state. I have heard of kids doing that, though. No, I also have heard of them doing that. But I don't know how to help him navigate through those emotions. Like, I, I need help with knowing how to help him yes that in those that's moments. cool that makes sense i don't think it's abnormal but yeah, i don't think there's anything need wrong with him it. i need to help him understand first of all he needs to understand that that behavior is not acceptable and he needs to learn how to regulate those feelings sure. so so that concerns me and so also in those moments disciplining like smacking or whacking or go to your room or nothing like that helps it just spirals way more out of control um, but also calm talking and a, and a relaxed voice doesn't help. So, mm. And he hurts himself. So I need to find a way to help him. So I know you said he's on to three. But, you know, typically you always talk about the, the terrible twos. And I just, before we move on to our topic of the day, I want to bring this up and discuss it. Something that um, a friend posted on Facebook. But we talk about the terrible twos, but then we also talk about three nages. Nah. And I've heard people talk about the fucking fours. <laughs> Well, so we've, it got never that, ends. we've got that to look forward it never to. Ends. <laughs> but here's something that like, I know we're not supposed to guilt trip each other. And this particular friend who posted this will never try and guilt trip me. But she did post this and I'm going to read it. Um, I hope it doesn't take too much time here, but um, it's called the terrible twos. So it says, now you can walk and now you can run. Now that new words drip each day from your tongue. Now that your mind wants to think for itself. Now your opinions are developing strength. Now that your thoughts become independent, your brain conceiving its first self-reflections. Now that your dreams are beginning to grow. Now that your own self is starting to show. Now that your confidence is swelling each day and all baby-like features are floating away. Now your emotions are making new moves. We complain and claim it's the terrible twos. Our first shitty label for small humankind the minute they start to know their own minds. Yeah. And I had just spoken about us hitting the terrible twos early. And I saw that. And feel free to feel shitty about yourself as a mom. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I feel shitty about myself as a mom, especially when it comes to that. Because at the end of all of this, I mean, he infuriates me when he behaves like that. But I still look at him and I'm like, he can't help it. Yes. And I never thought I'd be one of those parents because before I was a parent, I was like, I will donor my child if he behaves like that. Wax will be handed out left, right, and center. I blame the parents that they behave like that. They do not have control over their behavior. Mm. They don't know how to self-regulate. It's not Mm. their fault. Well, we will. Let's. <laughs> I've written it down. It's on the agenda, and we are talking discipline at some stage. Um, what we're talking about today is is um, just as difficult to navigate for any parent. Uh, we are going to talk about childcare 
what you do with your child when you can't physically be with them anymore. And it's interesting for us because you did something completely different to what I did. And there's other parents who do something completely different to what both of us are doing. And I'd like to chat more about this um, this topic and explore just the, the very different difficulties with each one and, and possibly the pros and cons. So stay tuned. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. So... Childcare. Childcare has been top of mind for me this week. It's coming towards the end of the year. Um, and I'm moving Elijah's from his current nursery school to a different one for various reasons. But I've been heavy into the searching for a new nursery school that suits us. Um, but I think let me explain to you why I chose the school that I chose initially. Um, when I was pregnant, I was I, I'd kind of spoken to friends, and I think a way to go for a lot of mo- modern moms these days is what you did, Charlene, and that's uh, get a nanny that you trust. Mm. And the modern thing now is to train these nannies in childcare, which is really a great idea mm. um, in first aid and everything like that. It's not the nannies we grew up with. No, it's, I mean it's not the. The domestic lady with a duck that just washed floors and... No, it's now... They can... Carried the baby on her back. Exactly. (laughs) They they can cook and they can clean, but now it's so much more. You can if if that's what you choose. It's it's a profession. It's their their skill set. Yes. Um, And then they go through, like, training in terms of, what, how to basic care for a baby, how to hold the baby, not to kiss the baby, Um, first basic first aid... Um, I mean, we'll, we'll chat about that. We're going to talk about Litley's Nanny Agency, our sponsor for today's episode. Um, more about that. But that's what I had decided when I was pregnant. I was mm. like, that's that's good. Let me find a good nanny fit and uh, look, look at schools later on. I think the typical age for kids, for many kids to go to school these days, if they are looked uh, after at home by a nanny, is uh, three. Mm. But when it got time to make the decision it was very overwhelming for me to pick some one person to look after my child and I had a couple of friends my bioconeticist one was one who was working in the same center that I was working in um here in Joburg and her kids went to a nursery school literally 100 meters up the road from the mall that we worked at and I've got to say, at that stage, it resonated with me a lot. And, mm. and I really fully believe it when I say, you do what's best for your family at the time. Mm. So here I am, I don't know, I was like eight months pregnant, walked into this nursery school, literally didn't look at another nursery school. I love, and still do, I go off of people's um, verbal advice. Mm. I do a lot of research, but when someone I know and trust stands behind a product or a service 
then I I fall straight into it. And I, yeah. uh, so my bio at the time really recommended this nursery school. And you know what? Um, and then as we as we were doing the rounds there, there was another mom there who was like, "This is my second kid here," and she was putting her baby in a crib. Um, while dropping the baby off and she's like you won't go wrong don't even look at other schools mm. and the principal at the time challenged me she's like you can go look at every other nursery school in this area you're going to come back to me and she was so confident and I kind of bought I really did buy what she was selling and um, I was intent on breastfeeding and I thought it's during my lunch hour I can come and breastfeed him mm-hmm. and you know for that first year or the, I suppose, six months because uh, Elijah went, came back to work from maternity leave when Elijah was five months, worked for six months after that. During that time, that really was the best solution for my family. The baby class at that school was wonderful, and it did work for me. Um, the routine worked well. I mean, it's heartbreaking, but that's all uh, working moms heartbreak that they've got to deal with I dropped him off at quarter past eight my work hours started at half past eight and I picked him up at quarter to six and that was I mean and I mean here you go like after five months of being with your kid every single solitary day a five-month-old is small still some moms do it at three months some moms do it at four months some moms do it at two weeks because they can't because they don't have another option it's absolute torture it's definitely harder for the mom than what it is for the kid definitely definitely you do what you got to do and to be honest that's a long day it's not for the baby. I mean, the kid's being taken care of. It's a long day for you to stay sane thinking that yeah. a part of you, it's like leaving your limb yes. in another place and just like, cool, see you later, arms. Yes. It was... Like, have a nice day. I'll just dreadful. get by without you. <laughs> and I think that first day, excuse me, <clears throat> that first day was uh, that I left him there was the hardest for me. Um, because somebody else, I picked him up and he was really grouchy. Obviously, because I was, he was five months. I was putting him down at um, six. Mm. Um, you know, for, that's for like his first his, stretch yeah, that's of the like night. His nighttime routine already. And yeah, we got home at like half past six, and then mm. I still had to do the whole. Yeah, you know, well, I actually fell asleep in the car, and I was like, "Do I bath him now?" So yeah, I like, woke him up to bath him. The whole and, routine oh, is God. completely out of sorts. And I remember texting a friend that day and saying, "You're a working mom. How the fuck did you do this? I'm beside myself. This is hard. S- somebody else. That's the bottom line. Somebody else got the best part of his day." Mm. I remember you telling me that. That was also one of, I remember you saying that at the time. It's that that was one of the hardest things for you. So this, at that point, though, the school was really good because they updated you during the day. Yeah, man, they, they do and they still do. They send, um, the school has surveillance everywhere. So if th- something happens, like Elijah bumped his ear really badly last week, he tripped and fell into the fence and his ear, had a, his ear looks terrible. It's blue. It looked like someone took like a baseball bat and hit him across the side of his head. That's what it looks like. But they were able to send me the video of so when you it could happened. See what actually happened, which yes. is great. It's fantastic. I can say one hundred percent the school is doing the best that it can. Mm. And the baby class and the baby class's teacher, who's been there for seventeen or, or more years, is wonderful and like a second mother to Elijah. 
And I must say, his current teacher loves him just as much, and um, he loves going there. So I haven't pulled him out of the school, you know, quickly because things bother they, you. Yeah, things bother. Things are only bothering me. Mm. They're not harming my child. He loves it there, but there's some things don't re- that don't resonate with my ethos. Mm. They don't. There's some things that I just completely disagree with, and they're not going to change. That's because of me. But also, you are entering a different phase in your yes. life now with, with Elijah. So you are, uh, this is uncharted territory for you, but you have a specific idea of how you want to approach certain things. And yes. that's your prerogative as these moms. Yes. So, so you have outgrown this area because he's exactly. no longer in the baby class. He's no longer in the baby class and I'm no longer working there. So it doesn't make sense for me to travel the 15, 20 minutes so now it there and back in anymore. So we have found a school, thankfully five minutes away. Um, I'd love to speak at length about that the particular school's ethos, they follow the Reggio Emilia method. Um, Which is actually not as commonly spoken no. about as the Montessori's. No. And the but it's really something that yes. resonates with us as a family. Again, I must reiterate, it might not work for you, it might not resonate, but with Ray and I, that method of teaching is, yes, that's how we would like to parent at home and that's how we want our child to be looked after when we are not watching him. And so he will be moving to the school that practices the Reggio Emilia uh, method. Um, But last week in particular, it was very hard for me not to take my child and march him out of that school. And this is the difficulty of sending your child to a nursery school or a creche. They They had started party training and it was a mistake. The teacher wasn't supposed to party train Elijah's group. There are two groups within his classroom. Um, one are older two-year-olds and one are, and the other group is one and a half to two-year-olds who will be turning too soon. Okay. So it's like, let's say 15 months to almost three-year-olds in that one class. This is actually sorry to it's interrupt a huge you. But this gap, is right? this, it's so funny that you were fighting this battle or you were battling this challenge just last week because the week prior to that, you and I were just discussing your unhappiness about this at the school and you were saying how for example a kid you would overheard a kid being told that you have to go to the bathroom yeah. now because don't, if you don't go now, don't come and ask me later to go. Like, yeah, what if so I that's... don't want to go to the bathroom now? And the very next week, accidentally, the wrong group of kids get potty trained. And just on that note, have you started potty training at home? No. Right. That was so my bottom line. I looked at the principal. off my rocker. Well, I did. I went to the principal's office, among, and there were many other issues that I had, but among... Those many issues was the party training issue. And I said, I don't know about the other parents, but I can't see that all the parents are not so nonchalant about it. This is a huge milestone and I would like to partake. And she was insistent that I should have received an email, which I'm still waiting for. And communicate, I'm a communication specialist by trade. Do not tell me that you've communicated with me when you haven't. I am on top of my emails. I know this shit, especially when it comes to my child. So she insisted that I had given them the wrong email. (laughs) 
and, and lots of things. Oh, then no, also, this is just a comedy of errors. Yeah. So Are you still calm at this point? Because no, f bombs would have been dropped left, no, right, and center. No, I was not. Neat. I was not calm. But even more so, the principal was not calm. <laughs> when and it comes also, to stuff like this, I'm just not in control of my emotions. Yeah. I'm just going to admit it outright. I will lose my marbles. Yeah. At the same time, what else they should have communicated to me and promised that they did was that the school concert is coming up and he elijah needs to be a tiger for the concert and How, i what kind of time span are we talking coming up two, in a week or two uh, the, the the end of the by the end of the month which is in two weeks time um they need to have his costume right and you need to make it Oh, it needs to be a self-made costume because yeah, maybe, you're also now maybe you're be a seamstress. Yeah, oh God. And I'm the least crafty of people. <laughs> and so I saw the signs going up on every other classroom except for Elijah's classroom. And I actually went and I, I'm just proactive pain in the ass parent like that. I went up to the teacher and I said, tell me now what Elijah is for the school concert so I can sort it out. No, mommy, you should have received an email. Okay, but I didn't, so just tell me what he needs to be. And I sorted it out, and I actually sorted it out for a friend as well whose kid is also in the class with Elijah. And I, before I spoke to the principal, I had sorted out the Tiger costumes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because I just I need to get that shit done, especially because I'm not a seamstress. I don't take kindly to crafty projects. You need to throw money at the problem. I did, and I did. <laughs> and I found the cheapest way possible to do it, but I, 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 I think I was very clever. I got um, a someone to make those towels, like character towels. Yes. So I found a vendor who like vends at a market, and I got her to make two tiger towels. Oh, that's fantastic. That's quite clever. Very, right? I'm so all genius. You need, all you need is like a bit of face paint and Bob's your ankle. Exactly. Because you just put this So it's a tiger over. towel and she embroiders it and I have given her money to make us towels and we can use it again. Yay. Yes. So I think that was a very clever solution. But what pisses me off is still no communication from the school. I had to go figure that out. What would have happened if you had not I still would had be this wondering. discussion? So Elijah would have just showed up in two weeks' time, no costume, and everybody would have been like, well, Elijah's mom's the worst mother in exactly. the world because she just ignores our emails. Exactly. So I, and I told them as well, they gave literally two weeks' notice for that and for the potty training story. They insisted that we buy underpants um, three pairs a day, okay, so you've got to buy a few packs unless you're washing every, every day. So they're still party training your child? No, they're not. No, I, I cancelled that. I was like, nope, nope, nope. He can watch the other kids, but, but that didn't stop me from going and buying the shit that they... I said, you can try once with him, and if he doesn't want to get on that party, then you leave him. Well, he didn't want to get on the party, but I still gave in to the pressure that they put on me. Why should you be put under this pressure? No, by I did. School? And you know what? I think I'm still inexperienced in this regard because my friend, whose kid is in Elijah's class, stood by her guns and, and kind of said, they're not party training him and bugger them. I don't have the money right now to go and buy him all these pairs of underpants and extra pairs of shorts that he's going to wet and... Um, pairs of shoes and nobody's communicated how and my son's actually too little he's six weeks younger than Elijah Elijah's not even two 
And I just admire her and I thought, Sam, that's what you that's how you behave in future. You don't let anybody bully you into spending the money. So I went and spent the money on the underpants. And I went and spent money on new shoes that were easy for Elijah to take on and off. Which he, and he can't. He still can't. They're the easiest shoes to put on and off, but he's not at the stage where he can literally put his own shoes on. And I bought new shorts. I mean, how old is he? He's four months shy of two. It's early, Sam. Honestly, I mean, I'm no expert, but I have a boy. And Josh is almost three, and we're only now starting the potty training It's crazy, Charlene, and I just let, let them kind of bully me. And that's when I got angry. And I, when all of these things added up, the school costumes and the miscommunication and the... It's like This is like the straw that it, broke it was, the camel's yes. back, essentially. And... Um, that, that was it. The point was the miscommunication, but also when you do eventually come to terms with sending the email, I get your statements fine every month, by the oh, way. Oh, right, yes, of course. <laughs> when you do eventually come to terms with um, how to communicate properly with us, can you please do it? And I still don't think they've heard what I have to say. I'd really love for them to do it in advance, maybe even like six months in advance, so that all parents can budget for these things. I would have loved to have budgeted properly for the Tiger costume that I had made. Instead, I'm, t- I'm spending money that I might not have specifically for that. Because, I know? mean, don't they plan their, like, term activities? They and- know. I think they know. The school knows 100%, but so, I don't. The but, parents don't. But this is the thing. That there's n- what is preventing them from... If they are in the know, they've already ha- they've made their plans, they've decided what is on the agenda for the next six months or the foreseeable future what is preventing them from just putting it out there Mm. put out the calendar no i don't know i'm sure there are other schools that do it and i've heard other parents who are super happy with the nursery schools and actually a lot of parents who are happy with this school and it makes me feel sometimes that i'm the full of shit parent but you know what we you are not my people anymore that's what i'm saying to the school you are not my people anymore we are not seeing eye to eye you are not going to change i'm not going to change cheers bye they haven't yet received my notice but they will and i'm not giving their name or anything because i mean i don't want to they are doing the best that they can exactly the communication is a bit lurking but and it's not a shit school i mean they, they have not been in existence for as long as they have because they're shit. Exactly. Let's just be honest. It's but just we are maybe not that, seeing eye to yeah, eye. And this is a challenge that you're facing. And I think on what's interesting to me as well is I have... Josh is going to school next year for the first time. Which okay, I'm, so tell me more about that. I'm shitting myself about that. Mm. But I, he's going to a friend of mine's school. She's the principal there. And incidentally, we had just on this, week, this past weekend had a discussion about how crazy ass parents can get like from the principal's point of view and from the teacher's point of view that would be interesting it would be interesting to be a fly on the wall of the elijah school principal to hear how crazy i am (laughs) exactly and she's often in discussions that we've had the parents will be like well why weren't we told that the kids were going to be eating this for lunch this week and because they they cater for the kids sure yeah a, a lunch and snacks throughout the day 
And um, then she's like, well, maybe if you read my emails and looked at the menu that we sent out in the beginning of the month, then you would have uh, known. So there's definitely a, but we sent the email and the parents are like, but we didn't get the email. Yeah. So there is, in every school, I think there is that. There's always that push-pull between the parents and the, the teachers, I exactly. think. Yeah. Like, and also, like, maybe your email address did drop off the mailing list this week by accident. Somehow, because I don't know. I'm not getting any communication. So something has happened, but I would like the acknowledgement that it's not my fault. You know? <laughs> I hear you. I Anyways, <laughs> it just it just it made me feel like a shit mom and I was so fired up after that whole thing. I just wanted to take my child and walk out of there. Mm. And I thought I've got a shit ton of work to get done and I can't do that. I actually need my and kid I to also, go to school. I also can't do that to Elijah. He has friends there. I feel terrible to pull him away from his friends. This is true and he is still small, but now remember also that this is also part of life. Mm-hmm. that you are going to leave creche and go to primary school. It's so hard. And from primary school, you're going to go to high school. And it's not always going to be the same people, not always going to be the same friends. Mm. So it is like when you're learning to walk, you fall and you bump your head. Oh, it is so part hard. of the journey. So we are, we're waiting for the three-week break in December. That's mm-hmm. my gut feel. And I, what I know from being a mom is just go with your guts. Yes. But so that's, I mean, that's my creche nursery school experience. Um, I don't think they're all bad. I think Elijah has adjusted well. Please not to say that... A child that stays at home doesn't adjust. Exactly. But, um, I mean, and he still has days where he clings to my leg and doesn't want me to go. Some days he goes easier than others. Mm. And... I, it's worked well for us. I made the decision. I stuck with it. I don't know. I, because I work from home, I don't know if I'd be able to have him stay at home with a nanny. Um, because I, he'd, he'd, the nanny would have to like, I would have to hide maybe mm. in a room in the house and the nanny would have to keep him away from me or something. Well, no, on the know. days that I work from home, I don't get a stitch of work done. No, I you just, see. I don't. Because they need you. Or if you're there, they need you. Yeah. Rhett also works from home and we've actually discussed uh, that he is going to find um, a space that he can go to mm. to work from remotely. Because you can't. Because Your kids want you. When they see you, they cry for you. Exactly. But also you take a call, the kid's screaming in the background. No, yeah, you can't. And it's just... Plus they don't understand. Like Josh, we were joking because the other day my laptop was standing on the table and Josh had to go to bath and he was like leaning over, leaning on his one leg, pressing buttons on the key- <laughs> keyboard of the laptop. The laptop was off. And we were like, Josh, what are you doing there? It's bath time. And he's like... I'm going to need one more hour. I'm busy working. <laughs> and we're like, okay, so that is... Cause, and I realize more and more how kids don't do what you say. They do what you do. Yes. They lead by example. Yep. So they see what you do and that is what you do. And that is, for me at the moment, probably one of the scariest things is how often I, I see a reflection of myself and what's coming back at me is not nice yes (laughs) you look at that and you're like oh my god i do do that yes this is what this kid where did he learn it oh wait yes hold on a minute i do that and we do that so he mimics us on the phone he mimics us on the computer and all he says i'm working i'm working daddy leave me i'm working and and you kind of feel like this is what we do. We work all the oh, time so when we're terrible. around. So him. no, that so I mean, I think his home deserves to be his. When my parents are here, 
they're here and we're in the yeah. moment. And so when work happens, it happens in a different place. Okay. Because we work from home. Good, good point. So that's my viewpoint. Now tell me, initially, when Josh was a baby, what, or when you were pregnant, what made you decide... Actually, Josh didn't stay with the nanny. No. What did you, you he so stayed with initially his... initially with Josh. So we only decided on the nanny now recently with Jess. Yes. But when Josh was born, um, I was in the fortunate position that my in-laws um, were deciding whether they were going to do early retirement or not um, because they wanted to look after Josh full-time. And so they, it was like three years away from retirement age for them. Okay. And so they were in a financial position at that point with their financial planning to take early retirement. And, and they were still healthy and fit enough to Yes, and I mean, they're not, be able to yeah, they're, not, they're not old people. By any, you say retirement age and you but think of ridiculous. an old person. Yeah, but no. now that we're adults, I'm not, that's not far away. It's <laughs> yeah, actually exactly. scary. So yeah, they had decided to retire. My father-in-law ran his own business and my mother-in-law worked in the bank. And so she decided, or they decided that they were going to stay at home. And so I, I, I won't say that I was jumping at the opportunity, but I was looking at the options and I was like, okay, so either I pay a nanny. And at that point I was starting out, I was starting my own business. And so financially we were mm. like, well, if childcare could be free, it would be fantastic. Mm. And also Josh will be home cared for and he will be with a person that actually loves him because they mm. are related to each other. So it wasn't a case. It was very similar to my case. My case wasn't I fully believe that nursery schools and creches and socialising from five months is the way to go. Mine was a convenience thing. It was close yes, to my work. Yes, it's like a it means to an road. end. It's like, what are we going to do? What's the? It was right for you, at, for your family. My decision was right for me and my family at the time that we found ourselves. Yeah. Exactly. And even at that point, that just for the listeners, having made that decision, and I've had moms ask me subsequent to having made that decision, if they should be doing that. And I mean, I can't tell you what to do, but in hindsight, it was a great decision at the time. It came with its challenges and it it caused some unhappiness in the family just because the this the grandparents play such an integral part in the child's upbringing. And so my way of parenting, they, we weren't on the same page always. And, and you couldn't, like I could go to Elijah's teacher and be like, Please don't do this this way. My child likes it this way, or I would or prefer, I would it, prefer it, this it this way. This way. Exactly. And they have to listen to me, um, unless it becomes a super. Because you're a paying but customer. I'm a paying customer. Yeah, exactly. But you were not. So, and, and also now the lines were blurred because this is my these are my in-laws, yeah. and so you don't want to be bickering and fighting, and you don't want to be see you don't want to seem like the difficult daughter-in-law, mm. and you and so uh, uh, like uh, our relationship was starting to be challenged by mm. this um also the fact that i was starting my own business and their viewpoint on on working and running your own business that it's not something that they ever did in their lives and so with my husband and i both running our own businesses and being completely consumed by it um from their point of view they weren't judging us but they were looking at it from a different perspective and they were like okay but your child should come first like why are you oh, that's so hard why is this more important now because you chose to have this child so we're here to help and support you as much as you need but 
also your child needs you so so that was kind of there was we had a a very big disconnect there and along with a whole bunch of other issues and me being a very controlling person and having waited my entire life to become a mom like you do you wait your whole life to become a mom but for me I say I I waited my whole life to become a mom it was one of my life's goals it was the one thing that I had waited for like I was looking forward to this is like my like you know when you're little and you're like one day when I grow up yeah some girls dream about their weddings but I think you and I both probably I I dreamt about my wedding but I I didn't dream about my wedding but I dreamt about my kids I dreamt about my wedding but I only dreamed about my wedding because that meant that I could get to my kids and so that was for me my life goal was becoming a mom and so when the challenge with that is when that happens, the pressure of doing it perfectly yes. lies on your shoulders so heavily. Oh. So for me, whenever my mother-in-law was like, well, I did that with my boys and they turned out fine. As much as that's a fine, insignificant statement, that wasn't my viewpoint. For me, it was like, this is my one chance. I prayed for this my whole life. I better not screw this up. This isn't a question of, uh, I'm sure they'll be fine. This is a question, this is a make or break issue for me. And so when we introduce solids, how are we going to do it? What food groups are we introducing first? For me, I overthought it. And with the second one, I'm a much more chilled mom. But you, this was my theory. I only get to be a first-time mom Once. once. And I have to say, in your defense... It doesn't matter if you were crazy and over-controlling. It was my crazy. And it, I don't regret it. Doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> the mother's wishes should always be respected. And this is my viewpoint too. So again, getting back to childcare, mm. there's no right or wrong. There's no, no. right choice. You've got to do what works for you in the moment. And so if anybody were to ask me now, should I let my kids stay with my mother-in-law because she's not working and my mom's working or my mom's in the UK and my mother-in-law's here and she really loves the kids and she's hand on, should I, hands on, should I let her take care of the kid full time or whatever? My answer to you would be follow your heart, first of all. Second of all, if you can, don't do it on a full-time basis with the mother-in-law. If you have the option, maybe do a nanny or a creche two days a week and mother-in-law three days a week or your Mm. mom three days a week, whichever, whether it's mom or mother, if possible, if Mm. it's not going to be too disruptive, try and mix it up a little bit because I know also that your parents don't realize how taxing it is Mm. to raise a small child. Mm. They're not old and they're not over the hill. But also my in-laws, this is their time for the first time in their life. To actually be kidless. Yes, they're kidless. Their children are grown up. Free of responsibilities. Exactly. No work, Two or three days a week, great. We get to spoil those children rotten. But we still have the other days in the week to do our things that we have yes. worked our entire lives yes. to achieve, to just like not have to get up early in the morning and just if we want to do nothing today, do nothing. Or if we want to go for a walk together, just do that. Mm. So I think also they didn't anticipate how, and they would never admit it. And to this day, they have never said that it was too much for them. Mm. But more and more, we were fighting and arguing and fighting and, and I'd run 10 or 20 minutes late and they'd be angry with mm. me because I, I was late to pick Josh up. And, and eventually it just it became this passive aggressive situation and mm. it blew up. Mm. 
And so now, then we adjusted it, and I was able to stay at home with the kids. So two days a week, they went to Granny, and the rest of the day, uh, the days of the week, they stayed with me because I was pregnant with the second one. Mm-hmm. Josh was with me. I was taking care of them full time. But then, and th- then she was born, and then it was so many months before you started working full time again. Exactly. Okay. Yes. How and many months? So I took five, five yeah. and a half months. And then I started working again. And so at that point, we were back at, okay, so do we send them both, if it was hard enough with one, for for, for both grandparents to mm. deal with? So now are we sending two kids there if, mm. if the one was causing so many uh, challenges? Or no, It wasn't – I'm making it sound like it was a big issue. No, but it, it became a bit abrasive between the taxing, two. Yes, it was on the relationship. friction yeah. in the relationship. And I don't want to be – my in-laws, I love them to death. They are the most caring giving people I've met in my entire life and they will do everything they can for their children and their grandchildren and their um, daughter-in-law and so or daughters-in-law soon and so I'm so grateful for them but I also have to be fair to them because and maybe initially they thought it would be a working plan but it it didn't work out and so when, when things don't work out you change it is going to be my next point Yes, you had that pressure to do it perfectly and you tried your best and people do need to respect that, A. But B, if you don't do it perfectly, lo and behold, you can change it. If the second school doesn't work out for Elijah or myself, if I bump heads with this principle, lo and behold, I can change it. Again, I don't want to, but no pressure yeah I mean Rani I mean we run the risk here of sounding like we're wanting to chop and change but no that's not no the no point. but that's not the point yeah the point is that nobody is standing with a gun against your head and saying that this is the route that you have to follow and also you hear so many terrible things about childcare daycare versus creche versus this versus that versus having the and name how it, it's going to benefit the child or what is the name danger of the house the, or yeah. exactly or you, you send your kid to school they're perpetually sick you don't you let your yeah. kid before the first two years be home cared for to avoid sickness then they then they get to school and they don't have the immune system they well, need they because anyway, for the so. first time they're getting sick so there's pros and cons to everything i think the point that you and i both agree on is that you got to do what works for you at that stage of your life. Mm. And so when Jess came around, I had to go back to work. I decided to go back to work. We decided we're going to do get a full-time nanny and have them in their home, at home, in their own space. Next year, Josh will go off to school. Jess will be alone at home with the nanny for three days a week. And two days of that week, she will go to her grandparents so that they can also get the one-on-one attention mm. and build that bond and relationship that Josh had with his grandparents. And so I think that this, I find this, is more balanced for us and everyone's happy there's no bickering and there's not just pressure on one particular set of individuals great great i'm glad that you found what was what was good for you and Mm -hmm. i have to say yet again as with maintenance night we didn't really know what people who co-sleep do yeah i think what's lacking in our knowledge and we want to hear from our listeners is what uh, stay-at-home moms are feeling about the situation that's also a very important and valid decision if you decide to stay at home with your child if that is what's best with your family kudos to you guys that is a hard job that is a hard job probably harder than any of the difficulties that i mentioned in having to leave my uh, five-month-old with a stranger is uh, really i'm not trying to be 
just um you know i'm not trying to give it lip service i genuinely my hat's off to you guys and and i would love for some stay-at-home moms to to get in touch with us and to talk to us about your experience and Mm. uh, the difficulties that you face or also why you think um it was why it was the best decision for your family i can tell you on that note sam that i set out thinking that i don't want to be a stay-at-home mom and then um josh went to the grandparents and then i more and more felt like i'm missing out on so much Mm. they're getting all of these milestones this is just slipping away from me so so fast and then i took the decision to rather not carry on with my business and stay at home with Josh and especially with the second one on the way so then I was going to just be a stay at home mom for the foreseeable future because this is what I'd rather be doing yeah and boy once that happened to me I was like holy shit I don't want to do this yeah. full time it's I mean hard. I judge me if you like call me a terrible mom if you like I was not going to be a good mother for my kids mm. by being a stay at home mom full time mm. uh, I wasn't I wasn't the best version of myself for them and that 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 wasn't my route mm. but then other moms who are who, who do that I'm so envious of them because they see all those things and, and they have more control and because over they have they have it in them to do to do it yeah I, I don't have it in me and and that's also probably the hardest part that I have to admit that to myself yeah that I don't have that in me because as much as I hate having to leave them it's perpetually a bittersweet thing it's always this tug of war oh, every is. morning I wake up to go to work I feel calmness in my heart that I know my kids are being taken care of by the nanny that I absolutely adore and the kids adore. She's phenomenal with them. Wonderful. She's amazing. She's a godsend. I'm so glad we found her. Um, and I can go away feeling like I don't have to worry about their well-being and I don't have to check in with her 24 times a day or whatever. However, I still walk out that door and I think, oh, I'd rather be here with mm. you. And then I get to work and I get busy and whatever and then I miss them during the day. Mm. And then I get home and... They're just so much to deal mm. with. And then I'm like, oh my God, it was easier to be at yes. work. <laughs> I miss you and I love you, but fuck, you're hard to deal with some days. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And it's a perpetual type The of answer war. is what we've discussed. The answer is it's whatever's right for you as an individual, mm. for you as a family, um, at that particular point in time. And, and that when that doesn't change. work anymore, mm. change it so that it works for you. Exactly. So um, I do want to discuss um, one of your businesses. You yes. you did not manage to um, stay at home for very long without getting your finger in a lot of pies. So <laughs> we'll get to that. So as discussed and um, quite, it fits in quite aptly with our uh, discussion for today is this week's episode is sponsored by Lately's Nanny Agency and it just so happened that um, Charlene, um, who cannot keep still, even when she's sitting at home, <laughs> when she was sitting at home with uh, little Josh and uh, Jesse, she... Uh, got stuck into two businesses, um, one of which uh, we're going to chat about today. So, Charlene, you 
manage Lickley's Nanny Agency, um, our sponsor for today. Talk to us more about what you guys do and, and the services that you offer. Oh, thanks, Sam. So, yeah, it was kind of an organic thing for me that happened with Lickley's Nannies. Um, uh, I'm in partnership with uh, two friends who um, run this business with me, and they... Um, they work, I mean, we each have our, our different responsibilities in the business. But how Lidley's Nannies came about is we all were exposed to the baby mommy industry um, in what we were doing in terms of our careers mm. and our work. And the the constant that we were getting from the moms is, do I send my kid to nursery school or do I home care? This exact topic topic that you and I are talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a hot topic for moms all the time. You come to the end of your maternity leave and you don't know what to do and you have, when you fall pregnant, you have a specific idea, but by the time your baby's four or five months old and you have to leave that little person to go off to work or do something, you are panicking and then your whole world collapses and you have a different viewpoint. So it came about... um, with moms constantly, because we were working in the, the baby industry, I was teaching baby massage and I was dealing with a lot of uh, new moms and they would constantly ask me, don't you know of someone who has a nanny that they could recommend or don't you know a reputable agency or so on? And so um, we uh, started this business uh, on that basis mm-hmm. because we wanted to help moms because moms were constantly asking us, don't sure. you know someone that we could trust? And you wanted to offer that service. And so we wanted to offer that service because we were in that boat. We know what it's like. We know what a daunting task it is. And so what I love about the nanny agency is that when I interview or source or interview the candidates or I even recommend them to clients or place them, I screen them with my mommy viewpoint mm. like and and what i am solely responsible for and my key function in the agency is the client service dealing with the moms getting a proper understanding and a brief from them as to what they want so for Lidley's nanny's agency we don't want to just be another placement agency where you just have a massive database of nannies and it's like a sausage factory where okay you need a nanny here's one you need a nanny here's mm. one for we're much more niche much more focused our it's also tailor-made maybe this you hear what the what the mom and dad's requirements are and exactly you think of a particular nanny who will be able to fit that mold exactly and so for us we try and get the briefs in while the mom's still pregnant or um uh whilst when she's just had her baby while her maternity leave is still um it's still early days in her maternity leave so that we have time to source a candidate that organically fits into Wonderful. their family mm. and so the process also is a little bit more tailor-made to the customer or to the mom mm. um, we, we we get an, a, a detailed brief of what you want you give us a, a budget a, a ballpark figure of what you are willing to spend it's a question I get asked all the time like what's the going rate for a nanny what's mm. the going rate for a nanny it depends on on what skill set you're looking for and what um, your requirements are but I I generally answer that question with a question again because then I, I shoot back at you and say okay Sam that's fine you what are you looking for must she have a CPR qualification or are you prepared to put her through that kind of training are you prepared Mm. to invest in her and so when the nanny comes ready-made with all of those skills what she charges is a little bit higher than somebody who's just got domestic which makes a lot of sense and also leads me to my next question so 
what on the other side of the coin uh you have nannies and they would need training or to be upskilled or whatnot how do nannies get in touch and how do you navigate that nannies who don't yet have a job that you need to place are there obviously women qualified women out there looking for work and so what is the process there they approach Lutley's nanny agency yes so we have um two ladies that we uh placed before they are they live in local communities in in townships and they recruit for us they have a specific uh, uh, criteria in which they that they have to follow so when people come and they say listen we want a job they get screened in terms of their skill set and references through those two sources that's the one way that these two recruiters recruit for us okay Mm -hmm. we get approached a lot uh, directly by nannies that see our advertisements that see our social media posts or nannies that are friends of nannies that we have placed the networking society amongst these nannies it's it's absolutely phenomenal I've, you there is no networking society like it like in, <laughs> you will not come across anything like it I'm astonished where people get my number from um, and so then so we have different avenues there's that level of screening the other level is they approach us directly I then uh, have a few probing or, or questions that I ask them before I set up interviews we then meet with each candidate individually we have a screening process and a on interview process where we set up a CV and we ask them about what kind of environment they would like to work in, what they love about children, what kind of family they'd like to work with. So for us, the screening process, as much as we have to tick all the boxes in terms of we want safety, we want reliability, we want somebody who's skilled and experienced, we want to marry an employer with an employee that can be a long-term relationship so that the nanny finds employment um, with a family where she's happy, that she can grow with the children um, for years to come, and where the mom can trust this one person with that nanny for years to come until those kids go off to school and they don't need the the nanny anymore for childcare. Mm. Um, And she then just fills a domestic function or whatever. Mm. Um, We also try and look at these individuals to upskill them. So if they come to us and they only have domestic work experience, we offer training in early childhood development. Um, We've partnered with some great partners who are skilled in these areas, um, CPR, first aid, all of those kinds of things. And so then we offer the opportunity for these nannies to be trained. Some of these nannies invest in themselves. They have paid that for themselves wonderful. to train with us in order to 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 uh, have a better CV and so to be a better candidate. That is so great. Yeah. I have to say, um, this is a very unique um, product. I, I suppose it's a unique service to South Africa. And um, I'm very proudly South African, proud to live in this country. And it is something that simultaneously makes me proud and breaks my heart on a daily basis, just Mm. seeing um, these individuals who are just trying to get by. So kudos to you guys for upskilling women. And we're going to link our listeners up uh, to Lutley's Nanny Agency and give you guys all the details if uh, this is your chosen route and you're looking to find a nanny have a look at our show notes and we will set you up otherwise we will catch you next time